everybody, it's Luke. And I'm Kurt. And welcome back to The Breakdown. Here we are. Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's exciting. Our next show will be after Christmas. Yes, it will. And speaking of shows, I have an update for you. Actually, we both got the same update last week from David. Mm-hmm. We were kind of wondering, hey, have we already done our 100th show? And we have not. We have not. But you nailed it in that text thread. Yep. So I'll let you spill the goods because it's really cool. I'm excited for the 100th show. Okay. So we have we have today. Yep. We have next week, yep. post-Christmas. Yes. And then in the new year. The first show of the new year. That will be episode 100. Which I think is really cool. Super awesome. It's actually really cool. I, I know nobody else may care about this, but we do. And I think the fact that maybe the the Lord put that in our hearts last week to be thinking towards that probably means we need to come up with something good for our 100th show, you know, yeah. more than just discussing the awesome service the week before, even though that is the best part of the show. It's why we have this show. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's great. It's why we have the show. So... But I mean, I can't believe 100 shows, man, 100 episodes. I know it does not feel that much. I and was thinking about that. I'm I like, know. This doesn't feel like 100 shows. So last week was actually 97. The yeah. one you're listening to right now is 98. 98. And we'll have our Christmas day after one, which would be 99. Mm-hmm. And we'll come and I, mean, I feel like the Lord is on something because we would not have paid attention to that. No. It never would have come up. We've had shows that we've missed. Yes. Wow. Yeah. This is really cool. How do we get the first of the year as a hundredth episode? Start the third year. Praise God, yeah. man! That's we start our third year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's gonna be that'll be the start of year three of breakdown. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. actually really exciting. Mm-hmm. Well, if you are just joining us for this breakdown, uh, Luke had this vision, this desire early on. I guess it's coming up on three years now, where you wanted to help people really digest the message that comes out on a Sunday. And uh, I love it because I'm always talking about the things I learned. I'm meditating on it most of the week. So it's really cool. And God gave us the opportunity to Mm -hmm. put this show together called The Breakdown. We review the Sunday service and just talk about what God's doing. So we used to actually do this with video. So if yeah, you're new, if way you're back, new, <laughs> way back at the beginning. Yeah. So if you're new, there are a couple of funny videos that exist somewhere, um, which now, you know, everyone we were getting on our feet. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Everyone does yeah. podcasts. Yeah. With the little camera. Some people do the camera. Some people don't. Yeah, I, I think it's better not. Functionally, I don't I never watch podcasts. I OK, listen to them. Most people, yeah. I would say a good chunk of people do. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Okay, so before we even get into Sunday, which was another great opportunity, man, you just never know what to expect when you come in here on a Sunday morning mm-hmm. and watch the Lord work. He was working all weekend long because we had a Christmas carol at the yeah. church. That was a lot of fun. You came to both shows. Oh, I certainly did. I loved it. It was actually a did. really good yeah. show of support. Oh, it was it was fantastic. The, yeah. the place was packed yes. both times. Yes. The kids did fantastic. They really did. Um, I'm super excited to see how the 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 drama and all that stuff develops going forward. Because mm. uh, I, I I I was all in, into that stuff when I was a kid, and even into as a, as an adult, I loved well, being in that stuff. I'm glad you're bringing it up. But- <laughs> I'm interrupting you because I think it's one thing people don't know about you. Because we got in here and we started talking about the show, and you're like blocking and script and all these different things. Yep. So. You have sort of the the analysis of the show, and you had some great things to say about it. Yeah, I thought the kids did really well with a, a script that, if you pay attention to the words, yeah, is very advanced. Yeah, it's, it's it it 
take a lot of it is taken from the book. Like mm. if you go read the book, like you'll see a lot of the passages line up. So you have these little elementary school kids saying these old English phrases and mm. and 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 they're carrying this show. Oh, I know. I was completely blown away and I was on, you know, the edge of my seat and of course my daughter was in it and that was a lot of fun. She had been we had some British friends over the course of the years and so she had been really working. What I loved is that those high schoolers How's my accent, daddy? Yeah, I know. They all went for the accent, even the kids. Yeah. The kids went for it. And you know what? That's just the kind of kids we're raising. I love it. I love it. I think somebody said to my daughter the day after, you know that wasn't British, that was Australian. They're a little bit hard. Oh, whatever. Yeah, okay. I, so my daughter said, whatever. Oh my goodness. But it was really cool. It was a great show. I got to tell you, I interrupted you a minute ago just because I asked you to give this critical analysis because sure. it was so beautiful. But this is part of mm-hmm. you. This is yeah. sort of your your experience in your life. Yeah, it's super fun being in a play. I don't know if if people listening, if you've not been in one, if you ever get a chance, be in it. It's yeah. it's really fun because you feel a connection with the actors that you're that you're on stage with. You get to go into another world in a sense. Mm. Um and I think for me, it also helped me develop a little more empathy because like you you become a character, you learn you learn to understand um a character's mindset, um, and then how do you convey that um in a way that's in keeping with with the story so that the audience can receive that and communicate that. It's really interesting that that has been your experience. I will tell you something that was sort of a mark on my life. When I was sixteen years old, i I was, you know, very involved in music and all these different things, but I I wasn't interested in being in the Christmas play at the time, but I did want to work backstage. Mm-hmm. I was fascinated by it. I love that you got to wear all black and move stuff dark in the show, you know? And the Lord put together during that time behind the stage, you talk about what it means to be a part of the the, the core team out yeah. there, the actors, oh, yes. but even behind the scenes, mm-hmm. it is sort of like this special place in my life. The Lord actually built a long lasting connection. It's got to be like 22 years old now, this connection that is just so deep. And it was forged in the back room behind the stage mm. of this play. So it really is a unique experience if you've it never is. been able to be a yeah. part of it. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful altogether. And there's always these little things that you don't know. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's Absolutely. a lot of fun. Do you Absolutely. see yourself being a part of the next one? Oh, it all depends on all right. you know opportunity <laughs> and but how my schedule is. Oh but, yeah, sure. But that is it's it's super fun. So and I really enjoy it. So it's tons of fun. I want to say when Pastor Zach got up both nights, it was actually really cool. And I, I want to give a little bit of credit to all those people mm. who work behind the scenes tirelessly. Oh yeah, and the parents. It's, oh I know. There's more people than are in the program. Yes. Booklet. It's it's so true. There's always more. And just to see like our our leaders like Pastor Zach and Ashley and Lori and Will like take just such a prominent role. Yep. And I'm sure there are others who just made it so possible. It was just really cool. And then Pastor Zach coming out to say, hey, how blessed are we? It was interesting because mm-hmm. both nights- He said the same he thing. He said the same thing. Yeah. And I was like, God, there's something here. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes we're looking for something more profound or extravagant to communicate and the gospel and all these different things. Bro, I was so taken both nights. He's like, how blessed are we? And it like reverberated yeah. in my ears. Now that's happening to me. I was behind the stage the first night. The second night, my wife said that my son Eli turned to her and said, wow, mom, like I really am blessed. Wow. My son who's 10 yeah. said, mom, yeah. I really am blessed. Like I, it just hit me that I could have been born into a family that doesn't know Jesus. Right. How blessed right. am I? Right. 
So I just was like mm-hmm. so taken by that one phrase, one phrase, and you have lives being mm-hmm. transformed. So it's really cool. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. And we don't even know all the stories of the mm-hmm. things that took place this weekend. So it was awesome. Yeah. It was yeah. a lot of fun. And, and that's a theme that I, I think we've brought up a lot. Yeah. Uh, this theme of stopping to reflect. Mm. And that's super important that we do that, especially in a society where it's always about the next new thing. I know. And and going like what's what's coming up ahead, you you can lose appreciation for what God has done in the past. And it's not that we necessarily forget, which sometimes I think we do forget. Um but we can carry these memories or, or these, it can just become a knowledge piece. Mm. But if you stop and reflect and ask yeah. yourself that question, how blessed am I? Then you, you, the Lord takes you back on that journey and you re-experience that and you, you gather uh, strength and purpose and courage for actually what's coming up ahead by doing that. So it, it fuels the journey forward in light of what has come. That's so true and so critical. I find myself when I'm getting into those ungrateful, Mm -hmm. critical seasons, grouchy seasons, things aren't going my way. Um, I try to practice. This is always what happens to me. I try to practice the gratitude and the joy, Mm -hmm. and then I get frustrated. This is so beautiful. I get frustrated because I'm trying to conjure up a memory, a thought. I'm like, yeah, I know that. Yeah, I'm making my list of all the things I have to be grateful for because how blessed I am. And then just about the time I'm done and I'm frustrated, the Lord sneaks in through the back door and actually gives me something new to touch my heart. And I'm like, I didn't even see that coming. Mm -hmm. I didn't even see that you were that good that you wanted a peekaboo from the back door and show me you're still watching and you got me covered. Dude, it's so, it's so real, Mm. you know? That's awesome. That's great. Hey, I just want to say, because we love to hear from everybody who's listening, I won't say watching, listening to the breakdown and how helpful it is. I got an email from Angela this past week, and it wasn't about the breakdown, but it was about Pastor Zach's message. Awesome. And she was talking about counting the generations. And I don't know if this is in your notes, but you know, Matthew recounts at the end, I think verse 17, Mm -hmm. and there were 14 14 generations from uh, Abraham to David. And there were 14 generations from David to the captivity, captivity of Babylon. And there were 14 generations from that captivity to Jesus. And what she did was she actually went through and started counting. This is the way my mind works. I am just the same as you, Angela. <laughs> she went and started counting. And what she found was a really interesting discovery is that, yes, there are 14 generations, but you have in total, like, it almost seems like there's 13 generations when you count the name because you have to include that David actually starts the next. It's really interesting. It's like there's commentaries on mm-hmm. it and everything. I was just like, wow, this this is just really cool to hear how people are getting excited yeah. about the word and like discovering all these different things. And Angela was like, oh, my goodness, what if we're the 14th generation? All these just really, really cool things. And I'm like, that's the way we should be with the word. That's what the Lord wants to do. Absolutely. I think it's important that... Um, what, whenever we we read the the Bible, we ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, there you go. What do you, what do you want me to take from this today? Mm. Um, and I've had different discussions uh, with with various people, adults, youth, about this sort of thing at different times. Um, 
And usually the, the discussion goes like this, where it's, oh, you know, like when I, when I go to read my Bible, I usually just want to read something that applies to where I'm at that day. Yeah. But then what ends up happening is they kind of lose context of the whole scripture. Mm. And I said, that's why it's important that you also read in a way to study. Yes. Like in the same way that I go to go to the gym, I go to the gym to work out yeah. and I have to do a, there's maybe, yeah, there might be a move that I feel like doing that day, mm. but in order to be well balanced, I have to work out all these different parts of my body and follow a program. So good. When, when we read the Bible, it's important. Yeah. There might be a verse that's, you know, not in, in a reading plan that, the, that applies to your day and where you're at right now. And the Lord is going to bring you to that. But it's also important that we follow um, a plan so that we can learn the context and we can learn the whole. Now that can seem rather dry mm. to people because it's like, oh, you're saying I have to study it. <laughs> And it's like, yes, yes, but again, what are we talking about? We're not talking about a textbook. That's We're right. talking about the Bible. Living word. And reading the Bible is a spiritual exercise. It's different than reading a book. Yes. It's different than reading even a commentary or a book by like your favorite pastor. Right. It's, it's, it's completely different. This is the real, the real thing. And in that, when you go to read through that systematic study, ask the Lord to show you what he wants you to notice at that time. And you're going to find that, yeah, there's going to be things that pop out so to you. Good, Luke. You're like, oh, I didn't need that. Because the Lord knows you're in that study. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. I have found just what you're saying every single time. I might be sitting down. I might be in Job. I might be in Proverbs. I This has become my practice as well, because I will say I was the sporadic reader for a long time. I, I struggled to make connection with the scripture as a young man. And it was because I only went to what I thought I was supposed to read for right. the Bible memory verse or what I felt like I was dealing with. And we kind of train ourselves that way. Hey, I'm dealing with a problem. I need a promise. And that's good. But it's both and. I should also do what Paul says to Timothy to study, to show myself mm -hmm. approved, not approved to God, but to have a right discerning of the scriptures. Exactly. This is why Hebrews 4 says that the word of God is living and active. So it is living when we're realizing we're reading and we're engaging with a living, breathing right. word. It's going, God is going to meet us every single time. Mm -hmm. My wife is the one that actually introduced me to the systematic study. I did not have a Bible study before I met my wife. Wow. It was like she had this pattern. She always read a, a chapter or so in the Old Testament, a chapter or so in the New Testament. And I was like, oh my goodness. I realized as a young believer I hadn't made it through the scriptures. You know, we have all these accolade things. I've made it through the scriptures right, three times. Right. And she had this pattern that she had from her early mm -hmm. teenage years. But just that rote, that routine, mm -hmm. that constant study familiarizes you with these accounts right. so that the Holy Spirit can begin to weave things together like David, Abraham, and Jesus. Right. Why it matters. Right. <laughs> yeah. And and also, like, don't don't be selfish in it you might read and feel like, well, none of this really applied to mm. me, but it's going to get inside of you and maybe it's going to apply to someone that is going to be brought across your path that yes. week or or very shortly. And it's like, oh, I'm so glad I read. I, I know exactly how to respond to this because of what I read. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just thinking as you're talking there, how like I used to be so bored by the names and numbers and the names and the Matthew and Luke going through the genealogy, 
it is probably one of the most fascinating things to me. Yeah. Now that I have an understanding and context mm -hmm. for scripture, I'm like, oh my goodness, that person is in the lineage of Jesus. Right. Like God wastes nothing. Mm -hmm. So you look at the lineage in Matthew and again in Luke, and I, I'm fascinated by these names, but you know, we can just breathe through, yeah. just breeze right through these names. And we're like, ah, that doesn't matter. Like you said, it could matter to someone else that you're going to encounter this week. Yeah. It could specifically matter to something you're going to. Mm -hmm. And that is what I love about the word of God is yeah. that God knows where we are, that we've invited the Holy Spirit to the process. I love that you're bringing that up. Um, I do feel like we come to the end of December and just mentally, emotionally, we're thinking the close of a year. We may not be consciously putting it together, but there's a turn where, you know, I saw this morning in my prayer time that the, the page of that chapter is really about to shut and we're entering a new chapter and God knows that. Mm -hmm. And there's new things that he wants to do with us this upcoming year. Maybe it's a new reading pattern. Maybe it's a new prayer time. And I think it's great to invite ourselves to that, to that dialogue and discussion with the Lord. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So here we are on Sunday. All this is part of Pastor Zach's message, just so you're it aware. Is. It's all part of it. Here we are on Sunday talking about these generations, and I know you've got a lot of great notes there, but just understanding things mapped out. Now, one of the things that I love to say is it's beautiful. You get to see that Matthew recounts all the way back to Abraham, and there's a reason. It's because it is that covenantal promise, that promise of faith. You see that Luke, being that chronologist, goes all the way back to Adam, which fascinates me. Yep. Fascinates me. We struggle to get three maybe 300 years in our own genealogy, 400 years or whatever, they tracked Jesus well, back I mean, do you, to Do you know your great-great- I, I know nothing. Grandfather's I know nothing. Name. Yeah. There's some saying, maybe. So. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. And we think we're so far advanced and mm -hmm. all of our swabbing, we still can't figure things out. Swabbing right. cheeks, you know, to get DNA. Yep. But all of our DNA, the, uh, these folks actually had this passed all the way back. It's unbelievable to me. So I just love to bring that up. And I know we're going to begin with this first section of Abraham to David. And what Pastor Zach was pointing out in this time are the covenantal pieces that what we need to highlight here are these focuses on, or the focus rather, on the covenant that's going mm -hmm. on during that time. Yeah. And you've shared this a lot, but share it again. What is a covenant? Okay. So a covenant is it's so interesting. I was like, you can ask me a question. I don't know. That it's not just a contract, okay? So we talk about this and we go into marriage. It is a binding agreement. It is a pact. It is a treaty. It is typically sealed in blood, where the concept of brother, brother, blood brothers came from. That's where when you have these treaties and pacts between different civilizations, early civilizations, mm -hmm. one might slice a part of their body and mingle mm -hmm. that blood as a sign that this is really never-ending. It's binding. It even outlives us. Wow. This is a generational covenant. And so it is a complete exchange of all assets and all liabilities. So you have that full coverage. So when we start thinking and talking about the fact that we, by beneficiaries, have covenant with God, this understanding covenant is really, really important. It's important to understand it goes beyond contract. God is not just contractually bound to us. He is covenantally mm. bound to us. Mm. So when in uh, Abraham's life did God make the covenant with him? Why are you asking me a bunch of Bible questions today? It's <laughs> awesome. I, I don't even know if covenantally is a word, covenantly. Yeah. But yeah, so you have, 
you have this beautiful part that Pastor Zach brought up is that Abram was a pagan. Yes. He was a pagan. Mm -hmm. I just think when you heard that on Sunday, it puts everything in perspective because we tend to just view yeah, ourselves. Don't skip over that part. Yes. Let's not skip over that. That's we tend really to view the church as so separate from this world. Right. And or, we are. Or like I did something to get in. Yes. Yes. And this is one of the things we are constantly hammering home in some of our classes at School of the Spirit, how important it is to understand. And, you know, God ends up talking to the children of Israel and really rebuking them and saying time after time, don't think that I chose you because you're so special and so big and great. Mm -hmm. I chose you because you were small right. and I was going to make a great nation of you because God wants to do the work. Mm -hmm. All he wants is for us to believe in with him. Right. So God makes this, God makes this promise to Abram in a time where he is just a, a, a moon worshiper, a pagan worshiper. He's wow. just out there. God makes this connection with him and he hears and responds. Right, right. Because that's what the, that's what in Galatians it yeah. says, Abraham believed, believed God. God and that is what was credited to him as righteousness. It was counted as righteousness. Yeah. And we make much ado yeah. about faith. Mm -hmm. We really do. Again, another thing we hammer home at school, mm -hmm. we make much ado about faith and really what it is is it's just obedience. Just believe God. I believe God yeah. is who he says he is. I believe he'll do what he said he'll do. And I will step out and listen. Yeah. And obedient. I think about this man coming out of this land of Ur. He's like, hey, I've got father, grandfather. I've got all these people I've lived with and experienced life. Come out from the land of the fathers to a land that I will show you, a land that's flowing with this milk and honey. So we see God make this covenant agreement with him when he is a pagan. And what I love about God, Luke, is mm -hmm. that he works with us regularly. Right. He actually gets Abraham, he, Abram to Abraham. That's a long story. We can't get into that right no. now. But that is even a covenant yeah. picture. Yeah. It's a covenant exchange of a name, Abram mm -hmm. to Abraham. So a, we can't get into it. You and I both <laughs> want to teach it. But God works with him. He doesn't just say, hey, I'm going to make you a great nation and boom, tomorrow Sarah's pregnant. No, they go through this long period right. because what God is doing is he's actually getting Abram to believe. Right. He's patient with us right. to get us to believe. Right. And so uh, Pastor Zach uh, emphasized that the covenant with Abraham was a covenant of promise. Yes. And it's a promise that God made to Abraham, and Abraham stepped out in obedience. But Abraham was not perfectly obedient throughout so good. that time. And so I think like here, like if we just stop here, let's just remember, you know, there was a time when we were not part of God. We were not saved, right? So we were like, Abram, we were pagan, but then the Holy Spirit uh, showed, like we were convicted and by the message of the gospel and we came in to this promise, mm. right? And since becoming God's child, we are still not perfect. We are still walking this out. Um, and it, and But God doesn't leave us just as he didn't leave Abraham. Yeah. So it's important to go back and read that story because Abraham makes very serious, serious, serious blunders. Yeah, he absolutely he does. He lies about who his wife is. He and his wife, they think God's taking too long to fulfill the promise. So then they start coming up with their own way of doing it. Yep. And that creates a whole host of problems. It sure does. But God is still faithful. Mm. And, and that is what is important. Though we are faithless, mm -hmm. he remains faithful. And he works with us. I constantly see the Lord just about the time that I'm at the end of my rope. And I feel like, man, God couldn't possibly just mm -hmm. come in through clutch again for me this time. I just, I've done too much. He shows up. Right. 
he right. is he's not a man that he should lie. He will keep his word. Mm-hmm. And he wants to show you that. Yeah. Time, yeah. Time and again. I've encouraged people with this line so many times. In in Jesus, like there is no going back to the starting line. Mm. Like you never go back to the starting line. You just you you keep persevering. Yeah. And he's still faithful to you and his promise is still faithful to you. Yes, it's so good. So we have the very first covenant that we're talking mm-hmm. about, which is promise. I know I have proximity, but that's not yet. That's coming up. That's, that's coming, coming up. up. You got to give me the next one. But, but one thing I wanted to um, pause on, and Pastor Zach talked about it. He says, you know, how many times in our life like, do we identify ourselves with the broken promises oh, wow. in our life? Yeah. Remember? Um, like he, was, he brought up his story of, of, you know, growing up in a broken home, and then they went to a ministry mm. <laughs> called Broken Promise. Yeah. And- how many of us like do we like when someone breaks a promise to us or when maybe we've broken a promise we live in that and we just carry that label on ourselves yes for sure and we just live our life identifying with that broken place in our life mm. and abram could have done that correct like, he could have done that and but but he didn't he still persevered through the mistakes mm. and that's what that's what we are called to do as well is god is still faithful to me yeah. Even though I've let myself down, I've let other people down. Correct. God is the is the only person in this situation who is perfectly faithful. Mm. And so then I lean on him. I lean on his promise and know that he is the miracle working God who can still come into this mess where I don't see a way of fixing this and he's going to work his wholeness. Mm. Luke, you're talking here and my mind is instantly going to I was just going to pull it up but I don't have time but the scriptures actually say that Abraham, against hope, believed. Again, I mean, it is probably one of the most powerful and profound scriptures because what it's referring to and what it's telling us and something I think we all find ourselves, mm-hmm. a position we, we can often find ourselves in with a broken promise is that, well, I'm, I'm not going to hope again. Forget about faith. I'm not even going to just let myself believe right. again. Why? Because some circumstance has proven to us that there's too many broken promises, yeah. but God's not a man that he should lie. I just literally walked through a discovery and a healing. Thank mm. God for good friends. Just walked through a discovery and a healing last week with a good friend of mine. Helped me just get to that place. It's like, okay, hope may be deferred. And the more you lean into that, it's making your heart sick, which right. produces hopelessness. And when you're just saying hopelessness, you're not realizing all those hopeless things, they're all circumstantial. God is beyond circumstance. That's how Abraham, against hope, could still believe. Right. He believes right. in the one who's able to keep his promise. Right. And 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 it's when it's in that belief that we actually come to the next, the next P. Yeah. You know, in the with David, it was a covenant of proximity. Yeah. Um, because our belief drives us closer to God. Mm. And it's not even that I think it it pushes us closer to God, it's we start to realize, oh, God is running towards me. Oh, yeah. He's running towards me. And, it, and, it's, and it's from that grace that we grow in intimacy with him. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you say that, Luke. I know we can often quote, I believe it's James 4, 8, draw near to God yeah. and he will draw near to mm-hmm. you. And we get a little Which frust- is true. Well, we get yeah. frustrated yeah. with that because it's like, okay, I have to do the drawing. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, no. 
you're responding because he's already come close to draw near. Right. But you have to respond to that. Right. It's not you generating it all. It's us actually coming to the realization right. that he's exactly. already been pursuing just, us the whole time. Just like like the prodigal son. Like he yeah. came to his senses. Yes. And he's like, okay, I'm going back to my father's house. Yes. But the father was waiting for him and, and, and they meet. Yes. Yes. And that's what it is. The Lord is there and he's already come close. Yeah. He's just looking for us to turn. That proximity, man, that is so powerful. It's extremely important to realize like, hey, that's where we're going to find that transformation. David wasn't settled with the fact that God could be in this tent of meeting over there in this tabernacle or whatever, or at Obed-Edom's house, like right. the tabernacle hanging out. And and we take, you know, there's so many parallels here. We We somewhat take for granted the fact that we, the presence of God, always desired, God himself right. always desired to be with man. And so God had the tabernacle erected and set up and all these different things. So right. he could right. be among his people. Right. And then you hear Jeremiah, the prophet, Ezekiel, the prophet prophesying that God's desire is no longer to, he never mm-hmm. wanted to be in a tent or in a box. He always wanted to dwell with right. man. So through Christ, God has made that way for us to be the living temple. Mm-hmm. And this, I believe, is what's so challenging sometimes is like, we take for granted as believers that the spirit of the living God that was very visibly observed in the old covenant in that box on the seat of mercy seat, right. all these different things is living inside mm-hmm. of us today. Amen. Amen. And it's from that place of desiring intimacy with God that God meets us. Um, and when and we read of David that he was a man after God's own, own heart, mm. he was a man after God's own heart, not evidenced by his perfect life. No. Because he didn't have a perfect life. He too made serious mistakes. Yes. Um, but he was a man after God's own heart because he wanted God's heart. Mm. And when he made mistakes, he was repentant and he yearned for intimacy with, with God. And Pastor Zach was talking about you know, how, how even though we are a, as a society, we are super connected, we are also extremely lonely. Mm. And we can spend a lot of our life yearning for connection and intimacy with people. Yeah, I know. So even in those, looking back on those broken promises that maybe yeah. like you're holding over your life, yeah. a lot of times like our flesh to fix that is thinking, I need to get close with this person yeah. or to heal this pain. I need, a, I need to be intimate with this other person. Yeah. If I could get into that group of friends or, or if these people would notice me, and, and then I would, feel, I would feel whole. I would feel complete. And, 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 like, and maybe there is, a, there is a truth in that. Like Maybe there is something that you can, that, that getting those things will, will meet a, a need in part it's not going to meet the need because yeah. really what you need is intimacy with Jesus. Yeah. Um, and Pastor Zach said that. He said, until you are in proximity with him, nothing will meet that expectation. Mm-hmm. I'm just sitting here listening and I'm just, I'm, I'm in awe at even just my own journey in the past week and how, how beautifully the Lord just really made that a living testament and reality for me. Um, we do. We we do tend to think. I, I I remember what Pastor Zach was saying. I remember what you're sharing right now. Yeah. We do tend to think either it's getting into something for right. that validation. Mm-hmm. And what's so interesting, I think you know, we talk about men and midlife crisis or women and all these different things. And I think we hit this point where we have achieved naturally right. 
what we our dreams and goals were. And the question arises, now what? Yeah. Now what? Yeah. I have all these things. I have accolades. I have whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I've arrived, right. but I spent my entire life. I really do believe that's where that crossroads is, that yeah. crisis. I've spent my entire life pursuing this never realizing the value and validation that I really just needed was from an intimate relationship with right, the Lord. Right. Yeah. And and like one specific application um, that I was thinking of like on Sunday and then now again, it's, you know, like we, church hurt is a big thing mm-hmm. in our, in our world, in our, in, you know, in modern Christianity, especially here in America, um, because I think we're spoiled and we have time to think about that, you know, like, these other <laughs> tell things. us what you really you know? do. Like if you had, if there was persecution, I think some of that would just go away. Like you wouldn't be thinking about that. Um, but part of the problem why we experience church hurt is we put these expectations on our leaders yeah. where really I'm supposed to be getting all of that from Jesus, yeah. but I've allowed my church leaders to be Jesus for me. Yes. Yes. And that's not healthy for me and it's not healthy for them. No. Because I think that church leaders can subconsciously also start falling into the role of Jesus for the people that they minister to. And that's not healthy. No. And no. again, what does that do? That drives us, it drives both parties away from intimacy with Jesus. I know. And Jesus is, in, is no longer being recognized for what he is doing and what, what he needs to do. I know. It's so good. And you can even go right to a smaller picture of that. And you could even say in the home unit, mm. you have spouses who are looking for each other to fill that need. And yeah. we elevate them. Well, you're my, you're my other half. You're my better half. You're supposed to be this. And it's like, man, after a while, we, we wear out trying to be something for our spouse rather than just having intimacy with the Lord, getting right. filled with the right. Lord, and then being the bedrock or the strength that our spouse actually, exactly. God wants us to yeah. be in that relationship. Yeah. Or the children. We elevate the children to a place mm-hmm. of we've devoted our lives to them. We've given everything and they can't hold up our expectations. Right. right. And it's like, now we're disappointed. Well, mm-hmm. no, that never should have come no. from anyone or anything else. It only should have come from the Lord. And I praise God, honestly. I thank God for the bedrocks of our life where we hit that place and we're like, wow, mm-hmm. okay, all those things that seemed like they were important aren't. Yeah. Now it's you and me, Lord. Right, right, right. And, and this is true even in situations where um, a wrong has been suffered. Correct. Is you need to get the, the healing for that is first done by clinging to the promises of God to you and intimacy with, of Jesus with you. Mm. And then from that place, the Holy Spirit guides you through the healing. Yes. Yes, and he does. And he fights the battle for you. Oh man, that's so good. All right. So that's proximity. That's why proximity is important. We have one more P, don't we? Well, we have two. We have two but, more P's. We have like we have, 34 minutes and we're already late on the show. We, yeah, all. but this this one, this one, this this one's quick. Cause then because then what happens to the children of Israel? They go to Babylon. Yeah. So the captivity of Babylon, it was a covenant of preservation. There you go. I wish I love. You absolutely. God will preserve you. Hey, listen, you're in this time. This is a result of your rebellion. Go ahead and set up shop, build your houses, have your families. In fact, what you see when you're reading through, I think it's, uh, I think Shealtiel is born during that time of Babylon and becomes part of this mm. covenant promise. One of the names is in there. If you go just above verse 17, okay. you'll see God is still doing, look at this, look at this. God preserves the line and there is still the messianic promise being fulfilled even 
and a time of captivity in Babylon. Right. right. And and that's and and for us it's remembering, okay, God's not only gonna he's not not only has he made the promise to me, not only is he intimate with me, but he's gonna he's the one who preserves me. Amen. Because I can't preserve myself. No, no. And he doesn't expect you to. He has you you just listen, obey, be intimate, and he will preserve and protect you. I think that's important if we go all the way back to this first part, which I just want to say real quick, because I know we're late on the show, but thank you so much for just uh, enjoying and hanging in there with us. But when you go right back to that promise, it is God who will fulfill that promise. And he shows you that even in time of preservation, when all you can do is cling to that promise and just remember, mm-hmm. and many of us know, hey, we, we, we got into a time of captivity. We feel like we're or in we're that born season. Into we're it. born into it. Yeah. I love that note too. We didn't do anything to get there. Yep. Some of us did do something to get there, but God is still faithful to preserve mm-hmm. us and to keep his promise. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. You get, we got another P. We got Jesus. I know. Right? So Jesus has been all through this, <laughs> but the covenant that we have with Jesus is now um, a covenant of power in the new covenant. You want to explain that, Luke, since you know, just <laughs> A covenant of power, which we all know, if you spend some time looking at our disciples, our early disciples, they really thought that the power that Jesus was bringing mm-hmm. was to overturn right. this Roman oppression, you know, and the power that Jesus brought was completely different. Now, he will come and rule and reign. We have a thousand year millennial reign that we are looking forward to if we're here or we get to come back, whatever it is. But there is a powerful reign of Christ mm-hmm. on the earth. He came as the suffering servant. He will come back as the reigning ruler. But the power that Christ has given us is indeed much different than just this natural. And again, we come right back to being so focused on the circumstantial, thinking that that's actually what we need. But the power is completely different. Right. And I I think sometimes like we can, when we hear power, Mm. we're like, whoa, no, that's not, that's not me. Or no, that's wrong. Like God's the one doing everything. We don't have power. And it's, well, if you truly understand, if, you, if you're walking in those first three Ps, yeah. his promises, his, uh, you're in proximity, and then in, and he's preserving you, you understand that the power really is him. Yes. But he actually gets the glory by using you as his vessel. That's right. Okay. So I had this image, um, I don't know if anybody can picture this or if you've seen this, but there's these um, kind of like these like water jet packs that you can wear like on your feet, like you kind of like stand on them or like you can, and, and like you go in the water and then it like shoots you up and like there's like these water jets. That, wow. Yeah. So it kinda, it's kind of like you're flying. Um, and that's how I picture this, where wow. it's, it's got, you're doing things that you couldn't do if yeah. God was not in your life. That's right. But we, it is our, it looks like us, it sounds like us, um, it is us, but, but when he flows through you, you understand, okay, that was all God. Mm-hmm. I'm the vessel. Yeah. Yeah. What I love about what, and we don't, we don't fully understand because we're actually on this side of the cross, right. but the power started with the fact that the Lord actually satisfied that mm-hmm. righteous requirement, Romans 8 says, so that the righteous requirement of the law was fulfilled in us. And that's where the power begins, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. God took a dead spirit, which was separated from him, and he revived it. He resurrected, just like he resurrected Christ. 
through the spirit of God, he resurrected the dead spirit that we have, gave us life yes. so that now he has direct mm-hmm. access. Not necessarily does it need to move upon our body, no. doesn't need to influence our soul because he has access through the spirit. Right, right, right. And and you know, Paul says the same power that raised there Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. And when we understand that, it influences how we live. Yes. It influences how I speak to it, otherwise impossible situations mm-hmm. when I deal with difficult people, yeah. when I encounter problems in my own life, or when I'm walking someone else through what they're going through. Right. When I understand that, it, it changes my perspective mm-hmm. and it gives me hope and we persevere knowing that it is, it is not us. That's it is right. God moving through us. That's right. But just like, this is where we come back full circle again. Correct. Where it's just like, Abraham, I have to believe God and step into what I think is impossible. Yeah. And then I find that God does the impossible. That's so good. Hey, one thing that's coming to me, I want to thank you so much for hanging in there with us. This is an awesome show today. But one thing that's coming to me right now is maybe there's a way during this week that we can practice this power. And the thing that came to me, Luke, was in the realm of anxiety. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's something that's causing you right now or will cause you to be very anxious this upcoming week or throughout the week. And if you could just see yourself, especially, actually, totally, if you're a born-again believer, you've received the Holy Spirit. He is inside of you. He is real. Mm -hmm. And if we could, in that moment of anxiety, when it seems like everything is coming up against us, we can actually practice the power that we have and say, okay, Holy Spirit, help me cut through and discern. I'm overwhelmed. I'm anxious because there's multiple things coming at me, or there's multiple things to do, or there's much that I don't understand. Help me break this down. And I really believe, I just yeah. came to me right now, I really do believe yeah. that we could put that into practice but this that's week. that's what it is. Yes. That's exactly what it is. The Holy Spirit, our counselor. Yes. Our, our teacher, comforter. Teacher. Our comforter. Yep. Yeah. Amen. Awesome. Well, hey, do you want to pray? You want me to pray? You pray. I'm going to pray. I feel it today. Thanks yeah, for giving me that I was license. Feeling that too. Father, thank you so much for the time <laughs> that we had. A Merry Christmas. It's wonderful to be here. Lord, we want to thank you. Life is a gift. And sometimes we lose sight of that, but life is a gift. Your Holy Spirit is a gift. He is the promise. Christ is the promised Messiah. He has come. And because he has bled and died and resurrected and ascended, we now have the Holy Spirit. And he resides on the inside of us. So Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. we just ask you to move throughout our week, move in us throughout our week to actually help us to cut through any areas of anxiety as mm. situations come up. I believe that's something that you want to do this week with us. You want to show us how you're actually able to help in something that seems so trivial just has become a part of our lives, but it doesn't have to be. You want to meet us in those moments. Yeah. So Holy Spirit, we pray that you would just help cut through, give discernment, give wisdom, even give marching orders on how to like, okay, settle down. This is the way we're going about it. We're going to tackle this, then we're going to tackle this, then we're going to tackle this. Lord, you can do that, and we trust you. And any other way you want to demonstrate your power in and through us this week, we give you full control. We love you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, everybody, I'm Luke. And I'm Kurt. And that's The Breakdown. We'll catch you next week. You're giving me a-